This episode of the podcast is presented by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management and consulting company that works directly with hotel owners and managers to help stabilize their properties and take on projects that are critical to their operation. Knowing Hospitality can be the extra set of hands that you need to make sure your hotel is best positioned for today's environment. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Now let's get to the podcast. And they knew that they had to react because you cannot just keep on firing people or looking at your revenue dropping. And uh, so they knew they had to react and they reacted very quickly. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Matthew Mogwin. He's the digital marketing manager at Private Deal, a Swiss company providing an innovative negotiation solution for hotels to drive more direct bookings. Pandemic communication and driving direct bookings may not seem like they have synergy, but on this episode, we discuss how getting in front of customers early positively impacted Airbnb's business and how hotels can learn from the company's actions. Effective communication, marketing, innovation, and quick reaction. These are all principles that are more important than ever. So let's get to it. This is episode 30 of the Proven Principles podcast. Matthew Mogwai on what hotels can learn from Airbnb's response to the COVID-19 crisis. Enjoy. Matthew. Hey, man. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, Adam. Glad to be here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? How did you get to where you are today? What's your history in the industry? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so my name is Mathieu Mouguin. Uh, I come from Switzerland and I'm currently working as the digital marketing manager for Private Deal. Um, for my educational background, I hold a BA in marketing and management. I only recently entered the hospitality industry like two years ago. Uh, first as an intern and now as a, as a digital marketing manager. And um, yeah, um, Maybe a bit more. I love the world of uh, innovation, startup, especially related to travel. And uh, I'm kind of new to the industry, I know, but uh, I try to to read as much as possible uh, to to know more about it and uh, still learning. So yeah, yeah. I, well, there's yeah, 25 years in the industry for me. I'm still learning, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it never sure. ends. Changes a lot. Um, what it, what is private deal? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, a bit about Private Deal. Um, Private Deal developed uh, an innovative booking solution for hotels. Uh, it includes a smart negotiation solution algorithm. And uh, basically, we are not an OTA. We operate in white brands. So you can find us directly on uh, hotel websites. And uh, we display as a simple widget on which uh, guests can click on. And we invite them to uh, give their own price to book a room. So you can go go ahead and uh, just enter whatever you want. And then we have a, a negotiation algorithm that can uh, analyze the price you gave. And then we either validate it or um, we give a, a counter offer. We enter the negotiation. So we can we have this kind of back and forth in between uh, the negotiation algorithm and you until we can hopefully reach an agreement to, to find the, the best deal for, for both the hotel and the, and the guest. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So how, wh- okay, so many questions about that. You yeah, know, the, yeah, for sure. The, the thing that comes to mind is, you know, like when you're flying and you get the opportunity to, to 
bid for an upgrade. Yeah. yeah uh, and there's kind of that back end negotiation that goes on between mm-hmm. you and the airline. Is that is it something similar to that, but for hotel rooms or or completely different? Yeah, I feel like we can compare it, but we are not negotiating for an upgrade this time it's for the, the whole the whole package for the whole stay. So you you just get uh yeah, if you want to stay one night at an hotel, you give whatever you want and uh Hopefully, you can uh, reach an, uh, an agreement with the uh, negotiation algorithm. Yeah. Wow. How does that tie into the hotel's revenue management system? Well, well uh, or uh, strategy, I suppose, in in terms of because they will the hotel will set a rate for mm-hmm. their you know for all sure. the different room types, um, and if somebody comes in and wants to bid something that is higher or lower than what the hotel is set. How does that, and that might be some secret sauce in your algorithm. You don't have to go too no, no, deep, no, but sure. how does that, how does that work? I can tell you, uh, basically the hotel can uh, arrange a, a discount rate, which will be the, the margin of negotiation they give to the system. So we can go, we cannot go higher than that. And then um, all um, the work is done by the algorithm, which will uh, adjust the pricing to match the rules from the hotel and the expectation from the guests. So we can try to, to find the right match in between the two. Wow. So it prevents that that card abandonment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we try yeah. to yeah convert more guests on the website, so increase direct bookings, that's uh, one of the main, uh, main drive. And um, you mentioned revenue management. That's one of the big, uh, big appeal from the product as well, because you get to, to know each offer your guests can make. So... Um, we have something within the solution where we calculate all the average of all the offer from the guests. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, I don't know, you, you think that uh, one room is worth, uh, I don't know, $80. And uh, you find out that actually your guests are giving more like, I don't know, $70, $75. So you can adjust it um, with regards to the demand, the actual demand from the, from the market. Wow. So you get some real-time data rather than, you know, getting right. that lag indicator of your, your rev mm-hmm. performance, your rev index performance, you know, a yeah. week or a month later. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um, okay. The whole reason that we were connected initially, and we could probably do a whole other show about what you're doing, because I think it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. But one of the reasons that we were connected is because you wrote an article about what hotels can learn from Airbnb's response to the pandemic. Um, and one of the things that I actually, I published a couple of pieces on LinkedIn about this uh, in the early days was Airbnb's uh, email to their employees when all of the layoffs started happening during the pandemic and how that was going to kind of inf- affect their their internal team and their internal culture and how Brian Chesky, the CEO, responded to that. And he was out and about and in front of uh, the communication curve on this, where we saw, you know, hotel companies were probably lagging behind a little bit. So that's a little context as to why, for the audience, why we're talking today. And I think that it's a pretty fascinating discussion. Um, What is it that you think at a high level, Airbnb did right in the early days? to to address this, to be in front of it, and 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 not have it affect their business, maybe as negatively from a lot of different angles than it did in the hotels. Mm-hmm. No, uh, sure. I, I think the the um, 
The way they approached the crisis was really, really impressive uh, from uh, looking from the outside. I, I agree. And uh, they reacted very, very quickly. They changed a lot of things within their operation, their daily lives, their website. And uh, and they knew that they had to react because you cannot just, you know, uh, keep on firing people or looking at your revenue dropping. And uh, so they knew they had to react and they reacted very quickly. That's maybe the first thing. Um, so maybe, I don't know, I, I'm not uh, within Airbnb, uh, Airbnb's management, but I think that they right away did a lot of brainstorming. They thought about, well, uh, people cannot travel anymore. So what are we going to do? Uh, maybe if people can still travel, how are they going to travel uh, uh, looking forward? And uh, I think they identified the right trends to 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 respond to to the to the pandemic and one of the thing was focusing on local travel so people will not make like a big travel plan moving to maybe another country like they used to do so they try to advertise that at first um, they as well diversified their uh, offer where they were only doing travel-related things, they moved into digital. So you can now book um, what they call, I think, online experiences in uh, Airbnb, where you can just watch uh, someone maybe cook or teach something or maybe dance, I don't know, but uh, a bunch of different things you can do from home. So that was one of the ways they, uh, they, they reacted to, to, to the pandemic. Um, maybe... Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Brian Chesky was very quick to communicate as well. And that's maybe one of the key things they, they, uh, they did right, I think, communication. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was a very public display of, of you know, taking charge of empathy, of, uh, of caring and conscientiousness and trying to get their arms around all the stakeholders that are involved. Um, and, you know, I did hear... Kind of through the industry, industry trades and and grapevine people that I've talked to, that you know, there were a lot of hosts that were upset with how the company um, uh, dealt with stay cancellations, and and I think that I don't know all the details, uh, how they've tried to fix that since then, but I think that they've at least tried to make some inroads in making the the back end cancellation policy better for the owners. Um, but I agree, yeah, maybe. Um... Uh, with regards to conservation, we can uh, maybe talk about a bit of, about the OTAs, which uh, did not do as great as Airbnb. I think regarding conservation, they have been there. There has been a lot of talk about it, and uh, the likes of Booking.com did not really manage well the uh, the early days of the of the pandemic. I don't think. Let's dive into that a little bit. What are your What are your thoughts on that? What What happened? Maybe give the audience a, a rundown on on how that went? Sure. Um, well, from what I heard, uh, I was not uh, planning to travel, so I did not uh, experience it uh, firsthand. But uh, from what I heard, um, they did not inform well their uh, customer about uh, like cancellation policy regarding the, the pandemic. They did not have any plan regarding an upcoming pandemic or something. Well, to be fair, not many people did have a plan for a pandemic, but they certainly did not. But um, yeah, people were pretty upset that they were not able to uh, get back their money for the, the upcoming travel plan they had. And uh, 
And yeah, regarding the communication, I think they did a pretty poor job handling it. What's interesting is that Airbnb took a customer first approach to this and booking took a hotel partner first approach to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we'll see how that plays out, but it's, uh, you know, it's still early days, but it's, it's interesting to see the different, um, tactics in this and, and who values which stakeholder a little bit more. Yeah. It's very complicated, you know, because you have to do a lot, a lot of decision in, uh, maybe uh, the span of a few days. Well, you would usually do it in like a hundred days, maybe a year. And, uh, you, you are bound to make mistakes, I think. There's no it's doubt. Fine. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's just quickly how, how quickly you recognize that you made the mistake and, and change course uh, mm-hmm. to try to rectify it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this since you and I connected about a month ago to do the show. Um, what is it? I, and I've got, okay, I'll get to the, get to the question and then get of my preamble for it. So, you know, what is it that gets in the way from a hotel company being able to communicate on the same level as Airbnb did? And um, I'm wondering if it's if it has something to do with uh, with the brand. Does does the brand get in the way of being able to communicate in that authentic way and take the kind of actions that uh, a company like Airbnb did, or is it something else? Maybe the the brand has something to do with it and uh, should you know take more responsibility about it. But on with regards to Airbnb, I feel like they have a great reach first on uh, social media. They are used to communicate to communicate via social media and other channels where hotels are maybe a, a bit more learning on that part. But um, yeah, um, Airbnb really really knows how to, to use digital, you know, they, they are born from digital, they, all their, their business model is around digital and uh, mm-hmm. they, uh, they don't know what, what they are doing, you know, but uh, some hotels are maybe still in the, in the early days of adopting a, a digital strategy. It can take time to, to know about uh, how to communicate uh, online. And uh, I, I feel like, they are doing their best, but uh, maybe, as you said, the brand, we are uh, kind of um, hindering their ability to to communicate well. kind of agree, yeah. You know, there's, I'm probably going to oversimplify this, but there are so many different stakeholders in the hotel world between, between you've got, obviously, the, the brands. Sometimes you've got franchisees. Sometimes you've, you've got separate owners. Those owners might have they might fall into different buckets, whether they're institutional owners or, or individual owners or private equity ownership groups. Uh, you've got unions, you've got uh, non-union employees, lenders. There's the kind of the list goes on and on of all the people that could be involved in a hotel. Whereas Airbnb, you've got the host. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Airbnb is getting into the OTA world and there's more hotels on their site. I mean, that's, that's a whole other discussion, but the two worlds are pretty different. And I wonder if just the simplicity of the model is what lends itself to being able to react as quickly as, as they did at the beginning of the pandemic. 
I definitely agree with you. Yeah, the looking at it from the Airbnb side is maybe a bit oversimplifying the question for hotels. Maybe they, they will get mad at us when we are discussing how well Airbnb is doing uh, with regards to communication because they are uh, they know how to communicate, but they their lives much easier, I think, uh, when they have to communicate with uh, a few stakeholders, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that we're, we're starting to see in the hotel world is a move towards trying to get longer stays in. And that's always been the goal, you know, before all of this, trying to get an extra night out of somebody arriving on a Friday instead of a Saturday to get that, uh, that two-night stay instead of the one-night stay. Uh, but now the move is towards come stay for a couple weeks, come stay for a month and let your kids go to school online and you can work online and, you know, stay and, and, uh, and hang out for a little while. But Airbnb's done this, you know, really, really well. And again, there's a, there's a, uh, I suppose it's a type, the stay at an Airbnb property may be a little more conducive to a long-term mm-hmm. stay. It's a lot easier when you've got a full kitchen and you know a, a full house to stay in or a full apartment rather than just a hotel room. But that said, through private deal and some of the intelligence, the the the, the backend intelligence you guys are able to to pull, are there any practices or best practices out there that you've learned that hotels could employ to try to drive additional night stays, especially during the pandemic? Or what are you seeing out there? Yeah, I think there is a few options hotels have to, to maybe rebound during the pandemic, but maybe the comparison with Airbnb is not that fair, as you mentioned, because the hotel people will not maybe think about hotel to like um, say plug out from their uh, daily lives and try something uh, in maybe another state, another city, another country, I don't know. Uh, where uh, maybe just living inside another people, another person's house is uh, something you can do. But uh, there is a few options um, hotels have today to um, boost their revenue within the pandemic. One thing we thought about was the, the day use booking. So it will be uh, like renting a few uh, a room for a few hours during the day, maybe to work, using it in, uh, as an office. And, uh, that's something hotels uh, can do to uh, optimize their uh, their room revenue. Um, they can as well uh, look at uh, other services they might have, like um, I don't know, maybe a, a swimming pool or a, a spa or restaurant. Try to advertise those. Um, but uh, another thing they they should focus on, I think, would be last minute bookings because. Um, People are not um, doing as much uh, long-term travel plans. You know, because you don't know how the, situ- the situation will evolve um, on the day-to-day. So you will maybe think, "Oh, this weekend uh, situation is fine. I really want to get away. Uh, let's get an hotel for the weekend." And that's where uh, hotel can uh, can offer maybe some good rates on last-minute bookings or advertise those through emailing or. Um, that should be one of the focus, I think, from the from the point of view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the last minute booking idea is um, uh, is definitely something that could be exploited right now. Mm. Uh, but the challenge is always how do you convert people from 
well, not even convert. How do you just prevent people from automatically typing in the name of an OTA to book a reservation or, uh, or even just typing in, you know, hotels in whatever city. And then the first six listings on the Google page are all OTA listings. How do you drive them onto your site to be able to take advantage of the technology that private deal was employing? Mm -hmm. Are there any practices behind the scenes that uh, hotels can take advantage of? Well, you, you can try to compete with OTAs on the marketing aspect, but I agree that it's very, very complicated. They uh, have a, a lot more budget than the, than most hotels, so you have to find other ways. But I feel like with the pandemic, one good thing out of the pandemic is that uh, more guests are checking out the hotel website before booking. Even though you found maybe uh, the hotel on booking.com, you will go check out the hotel website to find more information, maybe regarding like uh, safety measures or yeah, if uh, you feel like it, uh, it would be safe to travel to that hotel in particular. And you usually get a lot more information by checking out the, the hotel website. Mm-hmm. That's maybe one good thing. And um, yeah, we have uh, some data that indicates that actually even before the pandemic a lot of people are checking out the hotel website, even when you find out uh, the hotel on the OTA, because they just want to like check out the price, check out maybe better pictures, but very often they go back to the OTA to book. Mm-hmm. That's a real problem for the for the direct bookings for hotels. And uh, so what we are trying to do uh, with the priority widget is to grab their attention. You know, the widget is dynamic, so it moves when the when the when the guests enter the website, maybe it uh, catches their attention and uh, they see that they can offer the price. So why not try and uh, maybe put a, a lower price than on booking and, uh, and see if that works. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, uh, um, it's, I remember when I was back on property, that was always the goal. Try to get mm-hmm. get people on the website, not compete with, with OTA online marketing, which you're right, you just can't do. I mean, it's super expensive to do and and they have mind share. Um, and especially if you're like an independent hotel and in, you know, some town somewhere, I mean, you've, (laughs) you've got your work cut out for you. If you don't have, forget about just having the brand behind you. If you're an independent non-branded hotel, you've, you've got, you got to get through the noise. And, you know, like to your point, this isn't a sponsored episode, I should say, <laughs> We're not, not pushing the platform, but I think the idea is a powerful one, uh, is, you know, is, is just opening up the lines of communication to be able to negotiate rates with people when you know that it's really hard to do it when they're online. They either like the rate or they don't, and then they move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, hotels should not forget that uh, their own website is a great communication tool that they should use and maybe invest more into because the, oftentimes when we work with clients, we see that they do not really care about the website anymore. Like uh, OTAs have become so powerful that you, sometimes you just feel like you don't need the website anymore. Mm-hmm. You just work, work it all out with uh, Booking.com, Expedia and, and the others. Mm-hmm. That's not a great, uh, a great strategy, but yeah, well, yeah. There, I mean, there's an argument to be made that with all the different typical segments that aren't traveling anymore, that you could just run your hotel as a majority OTA booked property, 
is you're not getting a lot of business travel. You're not getting a lot of group travel, mm-hmm. but you leave so much money on the table yeah. when you do that, Definitely. right? The commissions are, are out of control yeah, um, for these, uh, for these sites. Um, hey, Matthew, before we wrap the show, are, what do you want hotel GMs and, and managers to know about what we've been talking about today, about driving direct bookings to hotels, about, communication about, you know, anything that we've talked today or anything that we haven't talked about today? Yeah, sure. Um, maybe one other thing I was thinking about is that when writing this kind of article or talking in this kind of podcast, we take all the thing in theory, you know, it's like uh, very high level, very strategic discussions. And uh, maybe people uh, listening to us will feel like, uh, you know, it's very good in theory, but, you know, we are out there in real life and uh, on the field, uh, we just don't have time to, to, to do all this kind of stuff, you know, days booking, uh, marketing campaigns, or I don't know, what have you. And, uh, and I kind of agree with them, you know, that they have to leave, they have to, to deal with the, the day-to-day and, um, with the situation being so complicated. Um, I cannot really blame any hotel, which maybe uh, uh, do not communicate well or uh, have some issue. Uh, I don't know where, but uh, maybe communication. And, you know, they maybe just, they have to take a bit of time to think, think, think things through and, um, and, even though the day-to-day is pretty complicated, looking forward, you will have to do some changes because the pandemic changed so many things. It really did change so many things and it's pretty tough, but we are a very, very resilient industry, I think. Um, like we have been through a lot and uh, I don't think it would change in the, in the future. We, we will we will go through this and uh, we'll be stronger out of it, I think. So really what I want to put out there is more like a message of hope for hotels that the, even though we don't uh, see the end of the crisis as of yet, we will, uh, there will be a, an end to the tunnel and uh, we will get out of this very stronger, I think. Like that. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, mm. what, one last question for you. Sure. If you could, if you could you know, snap your fingers and put in place one or two digital marketing best practices for hotels that they could mm-hmm. employ right now, what would those things be? Well, uh, definitely emailing. I feel like it's a, a tactic that is uh, too, um, yeah, too, too few used and uh, that they, they should try to, if you have a database with like uh, maybe a loyalty program or a few regular clients, try to activate them, especially in the during the pandemic, try to show uh, like a, uh, an honest message that maybe you are struggling, maybe you want to uh, to show that uh, that you care about the, the local clients and put out their offers and uh, people will react positively to like empathy and uh, and really honestly sharing your struggles is an important thing, I think, emailing. And um, other than that, really uh, like communicate, just communicate. It's not actually marketing, but pure PR communication regarding what you're doing, what you are going through. It's very important to be, uh, to be honest with uh, all your clients and uh, 
yeah, that would be about it, I think. Nice. Love it. Uh, Matthew, if people want to get a hold of you, where should they go? Sure. Uh, they can go on LinkedIn or try to contact me through the Prodi.com website. I'm always available. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll link to both in the show notes. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Excellent. Matthew, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. Have a great time. Thank you. You too. This was our episode with Matthew Mogwe, Digital Marketing Manager at Private Deal. You can learn more about him and his company on LinkedIn or go to privatedeal.com. Both will be listed in the show notes. And don't forget, you can find us on YouTube. Just search the Proven Principles podcast. You can also learn more about the show and find past episodes on our website, theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Finally, do you need to revamp your business strategy or do you need help with a project or someone to work with on a tough problem in your hotel or restaurant? If I can be of any help to you, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can book a free call with me by going to knowinghospitality.com slash contact. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. For past episodes, show notes, or if you've got a story that might make a great episode, head on over to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. And if you haven't already, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast.